2: Officially recording uh the this week's midweek howl. So uh I was asking before we jumped on there, you, you were hunting yesterday. Mm-hmm. Did you go hunting tonight too? No, I did not. And and you said you haven't you were explaining to me that hunting's all about the kids.
3: Yeah, it's the kids are going, it doesn't have anything to do with me, really. So you're not so you're not out there trying to shoot anything. No, I could've killed a half dozen deer. I mean I can shoot deer in my yard every night if I wanted to. It's about the art of going and teaching them. Patience. Stuff. Patience. Well, yeah. And, and, but when I was a kid, you'd hunt all week without killing anything or seeing anything. Now these kids just, they go out there and there's deer. How many you want? Yeah. I do remember like back, back in our younger days. Uh, it was a big deal, right? When people went deer hunting to kill the deer. Remember? Yeah. There wasn't any deer.
2: Like uh, I remember our bus driver literally standing on the brakes to stop our bus. To say, look, everybody, there's deer out in the field. And we're just like, why? Who cares? But that's told, how seemingly, they must have been really rare there for a while in Ohio and stuff
3: to see them. Well, I think from the turn of the century, really to the last 20, 30 years, 25, 30, 20, 30 years, you know, I, I was telling my son, and they don't believe me, that I remember the very first deer I saw in the wild, I remember the second deer I saw in the wild, and I remember the first deer that I ever saw shot on the ground. And, and when I was about eight or ten, we were shelling corn, and you know how big field, you know, three, four-acre yeah. field, right? Yeah. So, you know how when you get down toward the middle, there's 50 yards worth, you know, there's three passes left in the middle. The rest of it's picked right yep and out came a big doe and a little doe like they had been the whole time getting closer and closer to the middle you know what i mean and then here they are they've got to get out you know what i mean as as we're coming closer to them and they then they they went out about 25 or 30 yards and they stopped and anyway we finished we got full we went back to the barn and we told this buddy of mine's dad that we saw two deer out there and they didn't believe us and they actually his mom and dad and sister got in the truck and followed us out there so we could show them the prints
4: you like,
3: yes like you can see like like there was a bigfoot sighting or something and then the, the next time we used to go remember when you'd have to go to when you were kids and the only thing to do on a friday or saturday night was go to either the roller rink or a movie or something right and I remember uh, vividly, there's so much about the story I remember, riding with my buddy Rusty's mom, and she had like a 70. Her, his dad was a body man down at the Ford garage, you know, the, the dealership is what you'd call it today. But back in them days, you'd talk like that. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, you know, the, Chevy, the Chevy garage. Uh, the Chevy yeah, garage. he was at the Ford garage. And, and his mom had a, um, like a two-door, it was an LTD, like a seventy-four-five-six giant. I'm not talking these and ink. Looks like a cop car, early seventies giant. It was white, and had red interior, red vinyl top. Oh yeah. Red <laughs> stripes, and and the door was about five foot long. You know what I mean? Oh it yeah. Was two door, and you would <laughs> you would and I you know what's funny is I remember showing my kids on my my son's BMW when he got that. How there's a lever to flip the seat forward so you could climb in the back because they were they were defeated on how you would get in the back seat of a two door car because they'd never been in a two door car. You know they grew up in Suburbans and Tahoes and crew cab yeah. pickups. They don't know, <laughs> you know what I mean. And
2: uh, I just remember the door on those th- on things that bit. Like if you got your foot caught in the door, like yes. slamming it shut, you might yeah. as well just have it go have it amputated. But they That's
3: cut sad. a bra They cut a new street. It's a it's a major thoroughfare right now called Eastland between U.S. 50 west and in bald hill road and it was one of the first few nights it was open so there was no houses it was just you know how a new new street would look yeah. through a field with a bunch of cedar trees and and stuff on the edge and another doe again and same deal we come home and told his dad that we saw this this they just couldn't no way you know them guys are drinking and playing cards no way just standing right here by town there's a deer right by town <laughs> And now, you know, I was driving town today, and it's, they're not on the Jersey barrier. They're killed right there. And, and it's like, where are these, how are these deer getting in the city like? I mean, they're, they're you know, <laughs> deer everywhere, right?
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, now you can't hardly. It's it's something if you don't come close to hitting a deer.
3: Right. Well, every, I, had, uh, I had one hit me a couple weeks ago. I think I told you about it, you know? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. You know, the world's just changing, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I will say this. So I, I, um, speaking of the world changing, um, so last Friday was Veterans Day. Okay. It's so right. The one, the one veteran in my family that I always kind of, uh, that my grand, grandpa, one grandpa has passed away, is my uncle, is my right. mom's brother. Wes my uncle Wes and he is about he didn't really ever he's you know their their family is one of those you know the farm family the dairy they all grew up on the dairy farm but he was 20 years older than my mom yeah
3: okay, so he never really lived in the house but he yeah was, just I got my my you know my dad's the oldest of 13 and his dad is oh, in the middle yeah. of 11 so yeah he, so when it's like my my big brother that just passed. He was older than his two youngest aunts. Yeah, exactly. So they got a picture of my grandma and my mom pregnant together. It's oh be like you God. and your mother in law pregnant together, you know what I mean? Oh, what well, good? It was when you got married when <laughs> you're 18, 19, 20, you know?
2: <laughs> well, my well, my uncle Wes, um, because then, you know, we were with my uh, with my parents this weekend we went uh, they're heading to florida so they went to get together one last time and that's a whole other story us meeting him at the casino yesterday but uh my mom happened to say she goes yeah she goes west came out to the farm to see us he just turned 90 just turned 90 which stunned me because he like he is now older than my, than his dad ever, you know, like my grandpa yeah, yeah. Huntsberger. Like he's older now, than grandpa Huntsberger, and in a really good shape. He's had both like his knees replaced, but he's still in really good shape. You can still go out and beat um, probably every other person in a game of horseshoes. You know, that was a serious horseshoe player, and um, you know, just a, just one of those guys that you can never hardly tell if the story he's telling you is the truth or whatever. But I I just remember growing up, and he he was uh, there was always that picture there at my grandparents, and he was in the Korean War. Oh yeah, and he he was one of the military police that stood guard at the peace talks for okay, the Korean yeah. War, and he told. And so one day, I you know I, I try to as I get older, you know, and young people they don't they don't understand this, but as you get older, you you start t- listening and talking to the older generation a little bit more because you know that, you know, at some point they're going to be gone and their stories, if you're not there to re- to know yeah. them or repeat. So I said, I said, how did you, how did you get there to that point? And so he told me that he, he got over there into Korea or wherever it was. I don't, I'm, I don't remember the specific place. And he said, it, you know, and, and he's, 90 years old so he's like you know he goes i had a colored friend Mm -hmm. i had a colored friend and and he goes and this guy and he i think he said he was from detroit and he said and he took me aside and he told me you you do what i tell you to do and you'll you'll make it out and he goes you know and i i kind of listened to him and i did what he did and he goes um he goes i i was going along just fine he goes and one day this this jeep rolls up into uh where we were out there had set up camp or whatever you want to call it for the military you know set up their little their, mm-hmm. uh, platoon or whatever camp let's just and call here, that camp mm-hmm. this camp and he said um and you know and he goes and i was the first person this this guy here it was a general that was on this jeep and he was so impressed with the way I talked to him and stuff, he goes, he goes, he took me to be his driver. So he go. goes, so, I, so he goes, so I was his driver then. And he goes, and that's how I ended up at the peace talks. And I go, I go, well, whatever happened, you know, cause to me, you know, what I'm saying is now you, you're, you keep in touch with everybody. Okay. And so back then I'm like I'm like so whatever happened to that guy that was your friend?s And he goes, befriended you and whatever. And he goes, he goes, it wasn't two days after I left with that general to become his driver. He goes, that whole platoon got wiped out. And He goes, and I go, even the guy I go, this like, because that boggles my mind to think that everybody just got wiped out. And he goes. He goes, well, as far as I knew, he goes, most of them got killed. And I go, and you never tried to look? And he goes, no, no, nope, didn't even know where to look. And I go, even now? Like He goes, nope. And it didn't, like, he was just of the mindset of, I made it out. I don't know what happened to the rest of those guys. There's nothing I could do for them. Anyway, you know, type of deal. But uh, I just was always in awe of, those guys that you know that are still around and talking about you know and they can tell those stories and um, but uh, as we were just think driving, what they driving, would
3: do with if they had Twitter in 1946 I mean how oh would God. those guys out- outdo each other because right now it. these guys you know that's the big thing in mill Twitter Goon Twitter or whatever you know because I follow one of these guys that you know a lot of them hey if you weren't in a, 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 if you weren't in the combat infantry right? Carrying a gun with a freaking bayonet, shooting at people on patrol daily, you're not real veteran. You just had a job. Right. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of what you think. You know what I mean? There's like layered up. So if, if we had Twitter in 1947, it would be like, oh, screw you. We bombed 52 Japanese. Well, is that all? We sunk the freaking aircraft carrier in the Battle of Lady Gulf. Were well, you pansies, we dropped the freaking bomb. <laughs> you know what I mean? They
0: couldn't yeah.
3: do each other. You know, how would they ever outdo each other? But
2: you don't.
3: Well, it wouldn't be on a.
2: Key, it wouldn't be on a Twitter keyboard.
3: <laughs> well, hey, back in them days, they would and they would fight you, down, fight, hunt you down, and fight you. You know what I mean? Those guys oh, yeah. fought just to fight, and maybe that was their way of dealing with PTSD. Right, that and drinking because they didn't have a whole lot of you know blah, blah, blah. support. I guess you'd say right, like they have now programs. Oh yeah, they didn't have any. Well, and I think a lot of—I and I hate to bring Christianity in it—but that was probably part of it that 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 they had some emotional closure. You know that the, the the ones that got killed were taken care of by the Lord, and the ones that didn't, you know, yeah. were meant to be or yeah. whatever. Where nowadays, I mean, my God, you know, when I was a kid, and I'm gonna just, just—I want you to stop me as the as the. As the as the, wheel, as the as wheels the, fall the adult off in this deal, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. You remember when you were a little kid, going all the way to high school? Or the worst thing somebody can do is hit you in the nuts or whatever. You know, guys, I like play around go yeah. hit you in the nuts. Or Theoretically, yeah, now they got yeah, these freaking yeah. kids wanting to cut their own nuts off. So that's how twisted this goddamn world is,
2: you know. Well, well, let's let's be real. There've always been people that want to do that. It's just now they're not afraid to say, "Okay, that's the only difference." There's always been people that have w- w- what's going what's going on today in society. And I know everybody wants to make a big deal about and say, "Well, now you got people doing this." People, it's always been that way. Many times it was worse back seven, eight hundred, nine hundred years ago in some of those civilizations. It's just now it's a it's a point of where people can plant their flag and have a political view or um, they think everybody should just not talk about it anymore. Well, like I think it was, the,
3: it was a thing for the rich people back in the days. Cause if you were here six, 700 years ago, you were too busy worrying about chopping wood before the winter to, to get into a lot of, of, uh, unneeded stuff. Well, I right? think,
2: well, well I, th- I think it was, if you go back to Romans and, and, Ancient Greece and stuff like that, th- which were highly civilized, intelligent societies, or or so we you know that's how we were always taught. I mean, they were totally, I guess you would say, liberal in that way of of thinking and acting. Okay, I mean, look at Sodom and Gomorrah from the from the Bible. Well, that's all. All that's all they were doing there supposedly, you know, God uh, um, wiped them out for it. Wiped them out. Did supposedly. he supposedly? Yeah, and and then, um, oh gosh, who was it that turned around and turned into a pillar of salt? Um, I, you know, many of our listeners who are uh, oh. uh, diehards of the Bible <laughs> I can't think of who it was. Well I,
3: you know, I actually was reading a bunch of Deuteronomy last night. Just been you know, I'm not a diehard at all. I just I just find so much of that stuff intriguing. It's it's very interesting to think about um you know ancient civilization, different things. I you know I find yeah. that intriguing but, you know, and I at the same time I sit around and read about log cabin building on the, on the Chattahoochee River or how they, you know, how they, I mean. It was good to be well read. I, I, I mean, I, I think it's, it's it's uh, yeah, there's just a whole lot of interesting stuff out there. What was the other things? You had like four things you wanted me to well, touch on. Five. Well,
2: the, well, the point was is then as we're leaving, as we were driving home from the casino last night, I, I turned to Christy and I said, I said, man, I go, you imagine if I lived as, if I made it to as old as Uncle Wes, if I if you know if I made it to ninety, she didn't even miss a beat. She goes, You're never gonna make it to ninety. And I'm like,
3: wait a second. She said because she's wore you out? She planning on <laughs> no. killing you? Well I mean that well, would worry me.
2: Well the the immediate thing was as I as I thought she cut herself off. Or, I'll make sure of that. That's what I think was gonna follow that, but she she cut it off.
3: <laughs> she cut it off. You know, this is what I would have said, you know, of course, now she's your fiance. Well, if I'm married to you, I hope I don't. Did you ever hear about that? Well, it goes back to Churchill. When Winston Churchill was in one of the big parliamentary arguments that they have over there, some woman stood up and said, if I was your wife, I would poison your drink or coffee i think he said coffee i'd poison your coffee and he said if you were my wife ma'am i would drink it
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well here's here you you know what the funny thing is is as soon as she said it and i kind of and i kind of i kind of looked at her like that um like oh yeah she goes oh now don't you get on there with uh on the podcast, you would start to say that. She goes, I'm going to have to come on there and defend myself. I said, "I It'll be fine, honey. I said, Everybody will understand what yeah, you meant. That's right. <laughs> and then she, and then when she knew I was getting on, and she goes, You're going to say something, aren't you? I go, I go, Well, if it comes up. And she goes, Well, does he talk about his wife on there? And I said, All the time.
3: Never. <laughs>
2: <I say>
4: never. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> oh man! But I'll tell you what. It, you you know, we went. I I don't know if you're a big casino person. My parents are. They are.
3: Um, how do you, I don't want to say the right. of the casino.
2: Yeah, they do. They you know when they first got together after my dad died, you know they they went. I think they went on their honeymoon. I think they went to Vegas and got married. And I think right away, my mom won won. And has won pretty consistently ever since and um so they're one of those you know that you know, there's a bunch of free food and there's free hotel rooms yeah, and you know hotel, whatever
3: I, I have in the last well i've been in vegas in the last 12 months
2: and i've never been to vegas
3: i've been to vegas it's, it's since 2018 i've been to vegas five times since 2018. I've been to Atlantic City. I've been to the Sack Fox. I've been to Tunica. I've been, where else have I been? I've been to casinos. I've been to the Casino Monte Carlo, for Christ's sake. Right? <laughs> so, this is this year. So, so anyway. But I don't gamble, really. I mean, I buy lottery tickets. But, but what I kind of like about them, what I like about Vegas, if I had, I won the big Super Mega Millions the other day. And had seven or eight hundred million I had a couple places on my short list um, over by Nice uh, the south coast of France to buy I had a big ranch picked up in in Colorado I had a big farm in North Missouri and I would have probably had an apartment or something out in Vegas because what I like about it is there's always places to eat and there's always things to do you know what I mean there's always shows there's museums there is a lot of stuff that's not necessarily gambling related. To do there, right? Concerts every night of the week. um yeah. inter- you know, there, there's just, there's just, there's just stuff to do there every day if you wanted to. Which, which remind we just watched the Elvis movie, and oh, how was it? I almost watched it the other day.
2: <laughs> you know, it's it's very interesting because at least it does shed some light on old Colonel Tom Parker, you know. And we've and we've talked about him.
3: On so he really podcast. wasn't a crook.
2: Oh, well, he was a crook. The you reason why, think the Tom reason, Hanks played play? it. Mean, yeah, a crook.
3: Tom Hanks isn't a
2: crook, but I think Colonel Tom Parker. But it was interesting. They, you know, Elvis always wanted to go overseas and uh-huh. tour Europe and Asia and stuff. And Parker, Tom Parker, he you know, kept putting it off. In his his guys he for murder, right? Or in theory, or he was a suspect uh, or something. Well, he didn't have a passport because he didn't
3: exist. Because Colonel Tom Parker didn't exist. And, yeah, that um, was his made-up name because he was a, essentially an illegal immigrant, right? Well, Tom Parker was the guy who, who,
2: because uh, he was in the American Army, because he left the Netherlands, whatever, right? Like for whatever reason, came to America, well, got in the circus, <laughs> exactly, got in the circus, and then the guy who signed him up. The army, his name was Tom Parker, so he took that guy's name as his own. Oh, I and, did not know that. Yes, and the per and the and the reason he could not, he wouldn't, he just he didn't really exist, so he didn't, he couldn't get a passport. So he kept making up the um excuse that he he could not uh, make sure Elvis was safe overseas.
3: Like if he stayed in America, he could. even though he was there in the army, no, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: You, yeah. <laughs> And that's why um, you know, he never went over when Elvis was in the army. He never went over there. He stayed home under the guise because his mom died. So he mm-hmm. said, Well, I'm gonna stay back home here and take care of everything. And that's why he didn't didn't go. But it was just kind of um, he was a terrible Tom Parker was a terrible degenerate gambler. And is that what he did with all the money? That's what he did with all the money, and he owed the he owed these guys, who, who were probably mob guys, but the people that owned the or built the International Hotel, which is the place that Elvis played for over six, it was like six hundred and thirty six shows. Um, he owed them so much money that they signed a deal, a backroom deal with uh, Tom Parker, that as long as he brought Elvis, um, however many times a year it was, to the hotel, they'd forgive all his debts and give him an unlimited line of credit and a place to uh, live in the international hotel. So that, so, I mean, he just,
3: he screwed Elvis so bad, so bad. But Elvis uh, thought he was okay because I wouldn't have all this if it wasn't for him.
2: Yeah, sort of, but it was like, he took 50%
3: of everything. Right. I knew that.
2: that 50% of everything. And then there was, um, you know, and he took like a hundred percent of the publishing on so Elvis didn't really write any songs. Okay. So all these other guys that wrote songs for Elvis, Tom Parker took all the publishing from it. Okay. So why would they
3: even sell Elvis any
2: songs then? Well, because you still because you still have the writer's share of the songs. So Oh, okay. So you know, so like if you if you write a song, you look at it, your share is fifty fifty you own an equal share of writing and there's an equal share of publishing. Okay, so if you're like, um, you know, two guys, so you and I wrote a song and then Elvis um, recorded it. We, you got 50% of the writing, I got 50% of the writing. Theory, we in, we're we supposed to have 50%, you know, an equal share of publishing. Tom Parker would say, nah, I, you're not gonna get this Elvis cut. If I get, if I don't get a hundred percent of the publishing, you know, and a lot of, a lot of people did that back in the day, but it's, here's the deal is, well, if Elvis cuts it, half of what it would make is a lot of money. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. It's a lot of money. And, uh, you know, so you give up the publishing. So you get an Elvis cut and you can put that on your, um, put that on your resume or whatever. But it was, uh, but yeah, I mean the whole Vegas thing. It was kind of cool to watch, but it was terrible to see that that ha- happened to have you know happened to Elvis, where he was basically uh, got sold down the river by Tom Parker just to cover his uh, covers gambling debts. You know, but nobody nobody can say he was a dummy, to old Tom Parker for sure. I mean, now he did end up, I think, getting sued in the early. 80s maybe by the by the estate by, by the estate and, and got and i think he they must i think they settled out of court or something but i can't imagine the money he had to pay them back you know because most managers get 10 percent maybe maybe 20 at the most but i can't imagine getting 50, you know 50 percent and then all the publishing on any song uh that he ever did i mean his song catalog generates 50 to 100 million probably a year i'm guessing now oh yeah yep yep i'm I'm betting it does got to be pretty close i mean there used to be whole i mean i'll bet elvis sells um a million cds and albums every year now you know what I'm saying? I bet he does.
4: But he does. Uh-huh. I, in fact, I'm gonna look it up. Uh what is all publishing? See if it see if I'm right. Um
2: He there's six 150 songs that the estate owns. So, let's
4: see, I can't find a number for his. Yeah, I'll have to do some research and see if I can find the. Uh...
2: They're not giving out a number, <laughs> a number. But it's definitely in the tens of millions. I'm guessing. It said it, Graceland makes $10 million alone by itself a year.
3: Yeah, but didn't What's-Her-Name sell most of it? Her part portion of it or something?
2: I don't know. I don't know. I didn't see that. Or did Nicholas Cage get it?
3: Yeah. The, door. Ah. <laughs> the doors. Mm. oh my gosh hey what was i listening to it wasn't john Prime. you listen i know you listen to, to john prine did you listen to him talk to slash yeah i did that was in slash good one. call it michael jackson calling wanting to come down there and he said not danger but i got there in the studio and it's him and brooke shields in there in the dark or whatever you know <laughs> so Anyway, uh, when you said Nicholas Cage, don't even think of that for some reason. It's just they're just the craziness of <laughs> those those that level of person, right, or that level of entertainer is just hard to wrap your hands around sometimes. Um so, so speaking so on Veterans
2: Day, I actually I actually got asked by a couple film students at Oberlin College here in uh, Ohio. They're doing a documentary on UFOs yep. in Ohio, and so they had me come. First of all, I got to go to the. They interviewed me in the old in the campus radio station, which has been there since the '50s. It, and I mean, it was uh it was so cool. I mean, probably ten thousand albums, CDs, just you know, all it was just. I mean, they're neatly organized and stuff. But it was like, what, what what you think a campus radio station would look like? But, um, you know, so, you know, it was a good, it was cool interviewing it was these these girls, really nice girls. And they're actually doing some, uh, the one of them working on the new horror movies that uh, our buddy Phil Garrett and Chris Hahn and those guys are doing. Um, which I did, I went out and hung out on the set there that night with them filming a fight scene for the one werewolf movie. But uh, it got me thinking because the one famous, there's a couple famous UFO cases here in. In Ohio? In Ohio, yeah. And both of them involved multiple law enforcement, which was on tape. Like a lot of 911, call, you know, recordings of it. And one of them, the National Guard here outside of me, I think they put up an airplane to to get into the air and see what was going on because it was witnessed so so i I just it made me think like did did you guys ever get any calls back in the day about ufos no or do you
3: not remember no i well i you know would we have believed them probably not yeah i mean, mean come on i mean i worked at a time where they would You would be I mean, you'd be too embarrassed to see, see, say anything. But these
2: two, these two cases I'm talking about, one took place in the 70s and one was in the 80s, and the one passed through at least I think it was like five or six police and sheriff jurisdictions from Ohio to Pennsylvania, and they all witnessed
3: it. But back then, you know, this is the you saw the new Tom Cruise movie, Maverick, right? Yeah. yeah okay you know that scramjet that he was flying in the very beginning mm-hmm. okay you know back in the day Wright patterson developed all kinds of craziness oh yeah yeah you, you know you know what i mean it's like some of you seen some of these some of these ones that 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 um you know there's been a lot of ufo sightings the military's been involved in the last couple of years you know it's made all the news and and there was one i think we talked about it there was one that 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 they scrambled the uh, oh there's an acronym for it but there is the National Guard has the Air Guard has has people you know like the 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 New Jersey National Guard out of Cape May, New Jersey handles that piece of the Eastern Seaboard between New York City and Washington D.C. They've got F-16s on standby, alert 24/7, 365, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the ones out that handle from Seattle to like the Canadian border to the port the the, the Oregon Canadian uh, Oregon California border come out of Portland. They're the Air, Oregon National Guard. And they have a big F-15 wing there. So they scrambled two F-15s to catch a UFO that some commercial airliners were seeing. Like they kept it in sight, right? Yeah, it was on the radar. Air traffic control called this thing out, asked these airplanes, do you see something? Yeah, they see it. So they went ahead and scrambled F-15s, which are in probably just raw horsepower and speed, top three or four fastest fighters in war. They go 1,800 miles an hour. Okay, <clears throat> And they got the best computers. I mean, they could, on an air-to-air basis, if they're filled up with sparrows, they can shoot, I think, 12, 14, or 16 i know the f-14 used to be able to do 16 i don't think the 15 can do quite that anyway they shoot eight or ten things down at once from 50 miles away right jesus yeah so when you see so when you see maverick and they're they're like they're like close you know dog fighting and all that they do that for the movies in real life they zone this thing in and push a button and and that missile shoots from 50 60 miles away and it gets there and, and you know Zoom but anyway, all that's to say is these f-15s couldn't catch it. Isn't, so isn't that amazing? <laughs> well so there's a there's a line of thought that that it's either extraterrestrial or so the military has a bunch of uh, cooperative uh, 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 development grants one of them works out of the Stanford Lab there in California mm-hmm. and they actually have a box a flight box. It's like 50 miles by 150 miles of restricted airspace, you know, just like across here. You know, there's restricted airspace all over. Um, probably the biggest ones are in the southwest, you know, like White Sands or 29 Palms, some of those places. You know, the restricted airspace is probably as big as half of Ohio. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like so over area 1 or whatever. Yeah, Yes. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. So, so... All that's to say is this: uh, they claim they do all this testing in some of these places, like the the one the speed box there off the west coast. And this this raw data gets sent back. They're unmanned. They develop these platforms and they fly them remote control because, you know, they don't have to worry about you know pilots getting killed or 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 you know, G forces or any that other stuff. But they fly them in a in a position. This box is positioned where the raw data can get sent line of sight all straight back to Stanford. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it has line of sight down there to it. And basically, like the stealth bomber, stealth technology, the U.S. government's development, but it's so top secret, they can't even tell their own people because once they tell one person, you know, if they went up to these pilots, they couldn't catch it and said, hey, dude, don't tell anybody, but that's the Air Force and NASA's, you know, that was Maverick, right? maybe the next thing they were at a bar they'd be like yes they would tell somebody they would tell somebody they would tell somebody they would tell somebody or it it is it is now there was an article the other day and I didn't tweet it because I'm trying to wean myself off of Twitter but but where they talked about um there's no UFOs because UFO uh, uh uh advanced life forms tend to advance there was a theory that advanced uh life forms are advanced uh uh societies tend to die out. And I didn't read exactly why I didn't read.
2: So they're saying that one, that beyond where we're at, the more advanced we get, the closer
3: we're going to get. Not even beyond us. Like you were saying a while ago, the Egyptians, the Greeks, the, the, the Aztecs, the Romans. Romans. Yes. they, They get so advanced. They somehow, uh, uh, you know, weaken Uh, you know, they somehow collapse because they just they they. Well, I mean, look, we
2: we we're kind of full of ourselves here in America, and we're not really that old as a uh, as a
3: country. You know what I'm saying? Especially the best country in the world. (laughs) Uh, And we're not
2: even. we're not even how long compared to like the Greeks and the. It
3: doesn't. Brothers. It doesn't matter. You know, I told somebody this the other day. We were talking about something. they were talking about the military, and they said superpowers and this and I said, whoa, 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 what do you mean superpowers plural? There's one superpower on the face of the earth. That's the United States of America. Okay, the rest of these people are just you know, and I and I told him I said you know Team America, right? The American military, it is. Tom Brady, Belichick, the New England Patriots at its height when everybody got along in the early 2000s, right? Even and, with Aaron, even hold with on a second. Grunkowski and Aaron Hernandez. I don't even care. <laughs> everybody needs a queer killer every once in a while, right? <laughs> so anyhow, and they said, what about Russia and China? And I said, you know, th- that's like Alabama and LSU. They're pretty good on their own right, and they might score a, a, a touchdown or whatever. But they're just not going to compete on a level that, with America. They're just not. Okay, so that's why we think we're the best country because we are. There, there you go. There you go. How can I argue with that? I used to. Hey, I used to have a captain when we talked about this little town that, day that the highway patrol almost made moved to, and he said there's nothing wrong with Vandalia. It's just the people that live there. So <laughs> sometimes that's the way America is, right? It ain't nothing wrong with America. It's just some of the people that live there. Uh, um, what's the another, next question You have another, another, question. another point, on, point, another, taken. Another, on, another, point? No, on another
2: note I just saw Jay Leno got burnt real bad messing around with one of his cars
3: well that's his own fault
2: <laughs> For messing around with, with one of those you know ones. at
3: some point yeah you know
2: <sighs> I couldn't believe he was 72 years old
3: well well that's because you age well when you got all that money
2: well, I don't say I don't know that he's aged all that well. I'm just saying it just seems like, I you know maybe he shouldn't be that old, but I don't know. Maybe that's just wishful thinking because it just seems young, like yesterday
3: that he was. If he was younger, maybe I'd be younger, right? We'd both be younger. You're only you're only as young as you think, or what is that? You're only as young as you feel. Oh, in that, that case can't be, that can't be that can't be right yeah I was gonna say, i'm screwed because <laughs> i feel 80. my knee's been bothering me for three days and i don't even know what i've done except for get out of bed you know my daughter asked me while ago she says something we were talking about something she goes when's the last time you lifted a heavy person or something and i said every time i got out of that. bed are you kidding me when i get out of this freaking chair i'm lifting somebody i'm lifting an eighth of a ton <laughs> how many? Uh, how, how big a ton is? How many pounds? You know, just I said, just trust <laughs> me. my eighth of a ton.
4: <laughs>
2: Why do you? I can't even imagine your kids um, try anymore to get one over on you. No, oh, they
3: never stop.
2: They never, never stop. stop. And you can't let get. You can't let down because the minute they get one over on you, then they're like, okay, we got the old man right where we want him. Like he's got a crack.
3: I don't even know if they even know. The problem is they get me, and I don't even realize it because, because, <laughs> are you got? If you don't think you're got, you know, there's that there's that question that says, it says, um, you know, the conquered are only conquered, are the vanquished when they f- themselves believe them, you know, you know what I mean when they believe themselves to be right. So, so like all the we were on international geopolitical, you know, so you had the French, World War II, you had the French, uh, uh, resistance, right. They, mm-hmm. even though the French government had signed a formal agreement with the beat with, with, uh, uh, the Germans or whatever, right. They didn't believe themselves to be conquered so therefore they weren't because they kept fighting the whole time You know what I mean?
4: Yeah, I know. I I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Totally.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if you
4: don't if you so don't think you're beaten,
3: they could yeah. get me all they want, but in this TikTok world that they live in, I don't even I don't even understand that I'm gotten. You know what I mean? I don't even understand I'm gotten. Oh boy. It's like saying we got the dog. Well, he doesn't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> he doesn't know. You get him all you want. Make play tricks on him or whatever. He doesn't know. <laughs> he might know you're talking. Yeah, that's exactly the best one. He knows you're talking about him because you're looking at him and you're saying stuff, and you know how they wag the tail. They look, oh, he's talking about that's the way I feel about these kids. They're talking about him, but I don't know what they're say
0: thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out.